Welcome into Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a reminder that you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the radio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. We've got a lot to get into today, including the NFL draft coming up this Thursday. I got a mock draft. We'll be talking about the NBA playoffs. So let's get into it. I want to start with the NBA playoffs because I think obviously there's a lot of interesting storylines. The Warriors King series seems to be the headliner series, although the Grizzlies Laker one is good as well. We have a couple other ones. And I think there's a series that, as I'm recording this podcast, the series appears to be over, which is the Clippers and the Suns. The Suns are up 3-1. They get to go back to Phoenix. If they don't close it out there, they're going to win the series. And it absolutely did not live up to what Game 1 looked like. And to the Clippers' credit, Every game has has been super competitive. I, I mean, the Suns, w- with the Clippers' limitations and with their injury-riddled stars, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, there's no reason why when you look at the games and you look at the, the stars that the Suns have, that these two teams should even be, you know, that the game should even be that close. But it is, and if you're the Clippers, you have to feel as if you let this series get away from you. You went into game one, you stole one of their home games, and due to Kawhi's constant, constant plague of injuries, you you were not able to not only capitalize on what you did in game one, but then... You go back to your place, and you lose two in a row. And you cannot help but feel like not only like like we all know why we don't know who would have won. We all know this series probably would have went differently had the Clippers been healthy. But you cannot help but feel like the Clippers have to feel so frustrated with Kawhi Leonard right now. And I understand that it's not necessarily fair to criticize a player for injuries, but part of being a great athlete, not not just part, a large part of it, is being available. Say what you want to about Russell Westbrook. He's always available. He's a big part of not only why they won game one, but why they why they're even in the series, why they're even competing with the Suns because of his effort. You can say Kawhi Leonard... By the way, when Kawhi Leonard was playing last Sunday, I think every basketball fan kind of had like a moment in their head where they were like, yeah, he, he, he we definitely kind of forgot about him. He's really good. Because remember, heading into the bubble, we were talking about him in the same way we talk about LeBron and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. And when he played last Sunday, he reminded you, that he is in the same that he is in that same realm that that he can be compared to those guys when he's on the court the problem is he's never on the court since 2019 he has played 187 total games to put that into perspective anthony davis 
who, more than any other player, gets criticized for always being hurt. Always. And he does get injured a lot. He has played 222. Not only that, but at least the games that Anthony Davis misses, for the most part, are regular season games. And I'm not going to say you can afford to lose them because it has cost them making the playoffs in years past. But you you can afford to lose a regular season game because you, you potentially still have time to make up for that, obviously. You can't make up a postseason game. You cannot make up these past two games. You you absolutely, if you're the Clippers, went in there, stole game one, shifted the momentum, shifted all the pressure to Phoenix, and you, Kawhi Leonard, your biggest star, couldn't play the next two games. And I like Kawhi Leonard, and I understand it, it. Maybe it's not the maybe it's not that fair to criticize someone for injuries, and I'm not criticizing him. But you do have to be available, and he's and he's just not available. And it probably costs them this series. And I think if you're the Clippers, you have to go back. It when you more than likely lose this series because you're down three one. I think in the off season you have to actually think to yourself, what are we going to do with Kawhi Leonard? If again, this has absolutely nothing to do with the on court play. I cannot say it's enough. Kawhi Leonard is a phenomenal talent. Like I said, he should be thought of in the same vein as LeBron and Kevin Durant and all those guys when he's on the court. But, I mean, we saw what he could do in 2019. He won a a finals because he was playing. But the problem is, like I said, he's not healthy very often. You probably just lost his series because of injuries. I think you're going to have to have a real discussion and really think about is this gonna is this even gonna go away? Like this isn't like a fluke. Like oh, Kawhi got hurt. Who knows if next year at the same time if we're not having the same conversation about the Clippers? So it's an important it's an important thing to think about. I'm not saying I would move on from him, but I, I, you have to at least you have to at least think about it. All right, let's move to uh, the NFL. So I do have a mock draft. I, I'm not gonna do the full first round because I don't want to bore. Uh, anybody listening to this, I'm going to do the first 16 picks. And I always say with the mock draft, is not what I necessarily think is going to happen. It's what I would do if I were drafting. And I, I think there are some interesting, there are obviously some interesting decisions that teams have to make this year. And I'm really intrigued to see what they do. But I'm just going to give you mine really faster. So number one, I have Bryce Young going. I think he's the best quarterback. In this draft, the size, obviously, it's a cliche to say the size concerns you. It does concern me, not just because of injuries, because you need to be able to see over your offensive lineman, but he plays so smooth and natural. I'd be surprised if he doesn't have some success in the NFL. I, I think you can at least get Carolina fans excited with Bryce Young. I take Bryce Young, number two, Houston Texans. I take CJ Stroud. Now, what did CJ Stroud's? Uh, what are the negatives? Well, he comes from Ohio State. And as great of a program as Ohio State is, they just cannot produce the quarterback position. We'll see what happens with Stroud. He is super accurate. He can make plays with his feet, more so than I think a lot of people thought prior to the Georgia game, including me. 
I think if you're the Texans, at least you have something to build on when you draft him. Number three, the Cardinals. Now, I'm not doing trades in my mock draft because they're just too hard to predict. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a trade here come Thursday night. But for now, I think the Cardinals get Will Anderson. I think it makes sense. I think that Will Anderson, obviously, is a great edge rusher. He is a completely, like, he's got no problems off the field. I, I think you need stability in the organization right now. I just talked about them last week. They have talent, but they're in utter chaos. You get an edge rusher. Hopefully, you have the two most important positions covered in quarterback with Kyler Murray and edge rusher now with Will Anderson. I think they're going to take him. I would take him out with the Cardinals. Number four. So this is where I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me. I personally like Anthony Richardson more than Will Levis. And I don't. I think a lot of people do. But something just tells me, and I know this, is, this mock draft is what I would do, but something just tells me the Colts are going to take Will Levis. I don't think they want to invest the time into developing Anthony Richardson. Will Levis is he's got a huge arm. I don't think he's the best prospect, but he also has a lot of good tape. He also can make all the throws and he can move. He is a little stiff. Uh he's not very he's not as fluid as like a Bryce or a CJ Stroud, but he is super Super talented, has a huge arm, is more of the ideal sides than Bryce Young. So I do think number four wouldn't be a terrible place for him. And the Colts need a quarterback. Number five, this is another interesting pick. Seattle Seahawks, I have them go with Anthony Richardson. I don't see how Anthony Richardson gets out of the top five. He could absolutely not work out in the NFL. I understand that concern from people because he is just so raw. But he's got he's so big and he can move so well and he can throw it from end zone to end zone and if you develop him he's going to be phenomenal and I think Pete Carroll can let him sit behind Gino for a year learn the offense and also, I think if you're Pete Carroll, this is something you also have to think about, is like, you're in the NFC, which isn't very quarterback-centric. Well, what if you contend this year with Geno Smith, maybe even the year after, and then you have a polished quarterback in Anthony Richardson who's been learning the offense for a year or two, and you all of a sudden you put him out there, and obviously we don't know what the trades are going to happen in the next year or two, but... He's instantly one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. I think that is a, a very interesting angle on it if you're the Seahawks, and I would take Anthony Richardson. Number six, Jalen Carter. I think, to be honest, I don't see him falling to this position. He's so dominant, and he's doing that on the inside where if you ask any NFL GM could if they could have prime Aaron Donald or you know, prime J.J. Watt, they would take prime Aaron Donald. It's nothing against J.J. Watt. Being a phenomenal edge rusher is really hard to do, and it's really hard to find him. But it's even harder to find dominant nose tackles on the inside because they can disrupt the plays. Even 
if you watch tape of Bryce Young, and I've read this, and I've read the scouting reports from the scouts, and I even remember seeing this specifically in the LSU Alabama game because I remember Kirk Herbstreit pointing it out. Was when you watched Bryce Young, he didn't get flustered so much when LSU was rushing him off the edges. He was getting flustered when his center and guard was getting pushed back into him. Now, part of that could have to do with his size, but when you have pressure coming from the interior in your quarterback, I think that's extremely hard to deal with. That's why, obviously, Jalen Carter, does he have off-field issues? Yeah, but I think with Dan Campbell and the culture that he's building there, it's going to be really fascinating to see him in that defensive system. I think he fits so well with Detroit and what they're building there. All right, let's go on to number seven, the Las Vegas Traders. So they acquired Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason. I think, and I love Jimmy Garoppolo. He does get hurt a lot. I think you got to protect him. Why not go out and get a tackle? Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. Best tackle in the class, in my opinion. And I think it's going to be really interesting because you got to protect Jimmy Garoppolo because if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, he is one of the best distributors of the football in the National Football League. You can say what you want to about about his ceiling or about his size or about his mobility, but all I know is whenever he was on the field playing for San Francisco, he was super good at distributing the ball to playmakers. And most importantly, the fact that I keep on bringing up that people just overlook with Jimmy Garoppolo is he wins the games he plays in, which is the most important thing. And you protect him. I think you give him time to distribute. And more importantly, you protect him from injuries. And he's going to give you... I'm not saying the one Super Bowl, but he's going to get the Raiders some wins. Number eight, Atlanta Falcons. So this is a this is a very interesting pick. I think they go Christian Gonzalez. Corner from Oregon. I think the defense needs help desperately. And at this point in my mock draft, unless they trade up, there are no quarterbacks available. They didn't really acquire anybody this offseason. So I think you just keep building on the defense side of the ball and you go out and you get Christian Gonzalez. You have a lockdown corner. Now the Bears, who did previously held the number one overall pick, now the number nine because they traded with Carolina. I think they get Tyree Wilson, an edge rusher. The defense for the Bears was it was it struggled. Like we all know it struggled last year. Justin Fields now is going to start to feel some of the pressure this year about keeping his starting job. I don't agree with it, but I'm saying that's what the reports are saying. You know he's going to start to feel some of the heat from the fans, from the media, from everybody. At least let him go into games. I'm not saying that Tyree Wilson will solve all your problems, but at least let him go into games thinking I don't have to score 30 points, 35 points to win every game, and I could put some of the pressure or the defense can carry some of that weight and with a good edge rusher I think that's possible number 10 Philadelphia Eagles so this was an interesting pick for me and I ended up going with Devin Witherspoon and this might not be the right pick and I understand they just signed Darius Slate and they don't need a corner but you did just sign Jalen Hurts to a massive contract you are going, maybe not this year, but next year you are going to have to let go of some of the star defensive pieces. 
Well, if you get a great corner like Devin Witherspoon and you allow him to develop with guys like Slay in the secondary in the back end of your defense, then next year when you can't afford, let's say, Slay or any of the other stars you got in the back end of the defense, you have Devin Witherspoon who isn't going to be that much. This is kind of a a plan for the future. And also, I think he could be shut down this year. I think he could be a shutdown corner this year. And, you know, what's the reason why they lost Super Bowl? Because they couldn't stop Patrick Holmes. Get another corner. I think Devin Witherspoon is going to be phenomenal in the NFL. And I think in that defensive system, it would work perfectly. Number 11, Tennessee Titans. I had him going with Paris Johnson Jr., their offensive line was just not good last year. They need to improve. Paris Johnson Jr.'s a really good tackle. And I, I think 11 is a perfect landing spot for him. Number 12, Houston Texans. I got him going Jackson Smith and Jingma. Wide receiver from Ohio State. Played with CJ Stroud. All of a sudden, you got the quarterback. All of a sudden, you got a pretty decent weapon. And you could start to rebuild and move on from the Deshaun Watson era. Number 13. New York Jets, I have him going Lucas Van Noys from Iowa edge, edge rusher. Now, I know this might not make sense on the surface, but assuming they get Aaron Rodgers, you got Garrett Wilson, you got Sal Scarter in the secondary of your defense, you have Alan Lazard. Now, you have a deep wide receiver core. I think your offensive line is pretty good. You're going to have the quarterback figured out. The defense pretty good last year. So what else do you do when you're in a division with Josh Allen and you're in a conference with Patrick Mahomes, how do you help Aaron Rodgers out? You put pressure on those guys, get a good edge rusher, and Lucas Van Norris. Number 14, I have the Patriots going with Joey Porter Jr., corner from Penn State. He's he's a phenomenal corner, shut down a lot of really good, really talented receivers, even had a good game against, not, not the best game, but even had a good game against Marvin Harrison Jr. in Ohio State. I think he fits perfectly in New England. I think it's who Bill Belichick would draft, and I just think it would be him and that. By the way, now if you're the Patriots, you're you're now in a division with Josh Allen, Tua, and Tyree Kill, and potentially Aaron Rodgers now. You need a good corner. Bill Belichick can develop Joey Porter Jr. I think that's a good fit. Green Bay Packers, I got him going Dalton Kincaid. Now, I understand there were some other tight ends available, but I think for what the Packers need, which is someone that can catch the ball, someone that could be a threat with his legs, I think Dalton Kincaid fits in that system really good. I really like him out of Utah. And finally, number 16, the Washington Commanders. Now, this, I'll be honest with you, I I, there, I don't think there was a, a ton of great options here. I almost went B. John Robertson, but... I just didn't think the Commanders needed him. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the teams that picked prior that I didn't pick ended up getting beat John Robinson. But I just think the Commanders, they don't need a running back, and I think they need more insurance on the offensive line, so I went with Darnell Wright. All right, so there you have it. There is my mock draft, and that is going to wrap up today's episode of Red Zone Radio. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.